Good morning. This is a very special place for me and for my wife, who is saddened that she couldn't travel with me. She's actually out with family and friends in the Maritimes. She brings her greetings to you, and I bring greetings on behalf of Canadian Baptist Ministries and all that serve around the world, but particularly from our Executive Director, Jennifer Lau. It's a special place because uh, of the history and the years that we have been supported as a family by this church and encouraged in my ministry uh, as I now am uh, engaged in ministry, not just in Western Canada, but engaging with churches here in Canada and indeed around the world. When Ryan called me and asked if I would consider coming and sharing with you this morning, I thought, my goodness, what am I going to share? Um, how, what, what should I do? And of course, the first thing that came to mind is missions. Uh, I live and breathe missions, and I hope that you too, as followers of Jesus Christ, and I know this church does as well, as it was shared this morning in a wonderful way with the children, there are so many different ways that we can love and show our love through mission and act of mission to those in our midst. It's a special place because you continue to do that as a church, engaging in very many different ways. One of them, of course, is uh, my love uh, for Bolivia and your commitment to that country. My wife and our four children served for more than four years, uh, sorry, 11 years, uh, before that in Indonesia for about four years. But I thought to myself, what do I share? I thought, I'm going to share on mission and what God is doing, but I want to share about his love and his ultimate commandment to us, but loving him first, and then from there, loving our neighbor. At CBM, we have taglines. Canadian Baptist Ministries has brought out this wonderful tagline of who we are and how we love those that God puts in our midst and who needs us. We love God. We love the mission that he, to the healing and to the broken world. Our love for God and his mission is rooted in the fact that he first loved us. And as a result of rescuing us from our brokenness, it was a blessing and a gift. A sign of our gratitude to him and our love to him is our willingness and enthusiastically engaging and being invited into joining him in his ministry and his mission. Different for us as an organization as it is for the church, his church. He invites us into that place. We are part of global families, followers, followers of Jesus Christ. We seek to bring hope in the world of poverty, broken relationships, environmental disasters, lost, lost of hope, and every type of oppression in the world today. Our call is radical discipleship as followers of Jesus Christ, the King. The way we do this is through integral mission and by his love and our love for those he puts in our path. So that's why I've chosen the scriptures this morning for that, and it's around love. And it's true that there are many different forms of love. But this morning I want to share with you some of my thoughts around love and what this scripture means in terms of my ministry, what God has called me to. Matthew 22 to 37 is what I want to concentrate about that love. And we must love God first with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And then from that comes the great commandment of loving our neighbor as ourselves. How can humans be commanded to love? God's commanded us to love. It's not about affection. 
it really is about compassion, isn't it? Jesus led a compassionate life among sinners, around, among the tax collectors, and he was prosecuted for it. But when it comes down, right down to it, Jesus says the relationship matters the most. Love matters the most. So much that Jesus says, all the law and the prophets hung on these very words, the two commandments. Love with all your heart, our Lord, and love your neighbor. That's like saying what this book is trying to teach us about life is that the most important thing, of course, is love. Love your maker and to love the others, other people beside yourself and that the maker has put in your path. Now, how can we do that? What are the ways that we must do that? How can Jesus say that love is what it's all about? Don't we need to hear, for instance? Don't we need to witness? Don't we need to see what God is doing? If we get that in our lives, of course, we do need to hear. We do need to witness. We need to be a part of. But God is telling us simply to love, and the rest will fall in place. It's true that love is nothing without action. We must act. God calls us to act in that love. When the church fulfills its mission primarily, the, the, the Great Commission, the church is equipped and empowered to fulfill its mission. God has called us to act as agents of grace who live in ministry to one another. One of the foundational purposes of his church is to equip and empower people to do ministry. We believe all believers are called to a lifestyle of servanthood and into ministry. We believe that God calls us to a unique positions, each of us to minister on his behalf. We are to act towards one another out of, of his love, out, sorry, out of the love that he has poured out freely to us, our Heavenly Father. God starts in, 20, in 30, verse 35, Matthew 22, one of them, an expert of the law, tested him with his questions. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? So, here's the answer. He doesn't dodge the question, does he? He doesn't answer with with another question. He just answers the question of matter of fact. He says, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Basically, he's saying, love God with everything in you, and the rest will fall into place. For each of us who is loved by the Lord, and we need that love to guide and lead us. Everything else does fall into place. Now, where does love come from? Well, it really started in creation. Its basis was started in creation by Christ. You are made in the image of God. That is who you are. God loves us and goes to great lengths to save us. This tells us that we are great value to our Lord in his sight. Everyone you know has great value because God loves each of us. This is based in these two great commandments. The Apostle Paul and James reflect on the importance of this truth. In Galatians 5.14, the whole law can be summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor. James 2.8, verse 8, it's good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor. Showing kindness the least, 
to the lost, to the lonely, and to the unloved, extending God's grace in various forms to the hurting and the hated and the brokenness and the broken people he brings into the lives we are called to serve. How do we live it? How do we live it out in what is Christ really calling us to do? It can be confusing. For many of us, it isn't simply just saying, love your neighbor. There needs to be action. Throughout scripture, there are many verses that we can look at. In Romans, for example, we are to receive one another in love. Again, in Romans 14, we are to edify in love. Galatians, we are to serve one another. In Ephesians, forgiving one another is an important way of showing our love. Ephesians, again, submitting to one another, exhorting one another in Hebrews, and considering one another. Hospitality and the list goes on. This is even more difficult in a world today. We find ourselves in complete chaos, uncertainty. What we have to do is see the last few days of what's happening in the Middle East burden that we have. How does Christ call us to simply love? I want to present six words or six phrases this morning. There are many ways to love. I've shared a few of those, but for me, I'd like to share those to you. Take them. It's a reminder for many of you, I'm sure. But take those six, meditate upon them, be reminded of God's love first, and how we are to love in the world today. The first one I'd like to present to you is love others like you want to be loved. We have this inherited need as human beings to be loved. There are certain ways that we like individually and each of us are different. But there's a fact that we want to be loved. But we are to love others the way we want to be loved as well and pour out that love. Treating others with goodness, loving them and going the extra mile often because we understand what it means to us. Matthew seven twelve. do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the, from the prophets. We often just think of ourselves, but when we realize what true love is to us and how we receive it. We can often portray that to others. We can present that to them because we first need to be loved, but want to be sensitive to those. Now, we don't talk about how um, we are to be loved often. We don't express that. But keep in mind that this is really important. And the way we do that often is we must accept others as Jesus accepted us. We need that in our own life. We shower that love the way God accepted us. We must value others as Jesus values us. We are deeply valued by Jesus Christ. We know that. We must forgive others like Jesus forgives us. And when we do that, that showers love. We must believe in others like Jesus believes in us. For us at CBM and Mission, and I know here at this church, that is portrayed. We know what makes us loved and feel loved. 
we try to show that to others in ministry and throughout what we're doing. I'm reminded of the disaster that's happened in Lebanon and continues to happen, and it's getting worse because of the crisis in the Middle East. But I remember the love that was shown hours after that great explosion that took place in Lebanon. I had personal friends who were uh, injured and two that were actually um, killed in that explosion. But it didn't take long for the church in Lebanon to stand and say, what are we to do and how are we to love those that are so devastated by this disaster? You know, the very seminary that um, was about two kilometers from that explosion had all its windows and doors blown out of it. But within hours, they wanted to love the people that had lost everything. They were quickly mobilized and they went into that seminary, rehabilitated it, they built homes, they took in the lost and the burdened because of that. Ukraine isn't any different. Do you know that Canadian Baptists showed their love by raising $1.2 million for Ukraine? And the partner there, to be able to feed people, take in refugees, and yes, further the kingdom in Ukraine. 300 churches had to close because of the war that continues there. There are churches that are bringing hope and God's love to those that are marginalized that are amidst the war, and they're making a difference in that place. How are we to treat others? Know how we are treated with love by Christ and and share that with those in need. The second word is love with empathy. How do you love with empathy in the world today? Empathy is identifying with feelings and hurts of others as we are helping. Romans 12, verse 15, Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. We find ourselves weeping often more than we rejoice. God gives us the ability to rejoice and to see hope and fruit of our love to people. I can tell you many stories of empathy and that love that take place on a daily basis through his people here in Canada through his churches and around the world. Love with empathy sometimes means that weeping that needs to take place, but understanding the sorrow that goes behind it, understanding the plight, understanding the difficulty. Sometimes it means just sitting and listening not offering up any solutions, but just listening and being a friend. Often we have to do that in places. I'm reminded of a man who I became very good friends with after a short stint in the Philippines. He had lost everything in what they call the great winds in a typhoon in Cebu. CBM went to help and show our love because our churches in Canada said, we want to do something for these people. We took those funds and we took teams and we went. I met this gentleman. He lost everything. He lost his wife. He lost his son. He lost his mother and he lost his house. He was sitting on the side of the curb in his shorts, his sandals. They were homemade, by the way, out of tires and a short sleeved shirt. And that's all he had. I wanted to show empathy to him and I came alongside and I actually weeped with him. He was sorrowful. He was sad. Excuse me. 
he had lost everything. And I tried to show empathy, and I said, you must be upset with God. You must be really, really sad. He looked at me with tears in his eyes, and he said, yes, I am. But I understand. And then he turned it around, and he showed empathy to me in the strangest way. I wasn't expecting it. He looked at me, and he said, you know what the church in Canada needs? And I said, no. With much empathy, he said, You need a great wind. You need a great typhoon so you rely on Christ more. You might have to lose everything. It was a turning point for me. He showed passion. He showed empathy. We were able to be together and help each other. That's what empathy is. That's what God is asking us to do. Third one is around prayer. Now, we all talk about prayer and we are many prayer warriors. And it shouldn't be a surprise when we pray and um, God's spirit moves, he answers prayer. But sometimes we forget. I know I do. I know because I love somebody so much or the situation, I want to pour out my love, but I forget to pray. I forget to to trust Christ. Ephesians 6, 18 tells us, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. God calls us to do this. We need to be praying for the Middle East. We have personnel, we have people in Lebanon, we have people in Sudan. We have partners as an organization in many of those surrounding countries. God calls us to pour out our love upon them. We need to be praying for people like Putin, believe it or not. Many people say to me, how could you say that? Everyone needs Jesus Christ. And if we pray and if we trust, he can change a life. Pray. I met Dan um, many many years ago as we were working on uh, trying to love people who didn't have enough to eat. And pouring out our love and saying, oh, we're going to be able to provide food and food staples in a crisis. Now, we're in a crisis in the world today. We're in a crisis here in Canada around food. And we acknowledge that as an organization. But Dan lost hope. He's a farmer. And for years, he was growing grain to sell, donating it to CBM, Canadian Baptist Ministries, and the Food Grains Bank to match so we could send the funding to buy food overseas. An incredible program of being able to show our love and compassion to those around the world and meet the needs. Last year, many years before, Dan was getting 60 bushels, 70 bushels to an acre. Last year, he only got 11 bushels. And he was distraught and he didn't know what to do. And somebody said to him, why aren't you praying? Why aren't your knees on your knees praying to Christ to solve this problem? What he didn't know was the price of commodities had gone up, tripled and quadrupled. And those 11 bushels per acre brought in more money for the, for the hungry. Dan decided he was never going to distrust Christ again. He's going to continue to love what he's called him to and love those people that he's helping to feed because he knows God can do anything when when he answers prayer. Well, the fourth one, moving along, love by encouraging. We all need encouragement. 
Yes, we all need love, we need encouragement, we need empathy, and we need to be praying. But encouragement can go so long along the way when we're ministering to people, finding ourselves in situations where we might not be all that hopeful. Encouragement is especially important when things are not going well. But encouragement gives us an opportunity to uplift somebody. You need to love with words, with those encouragements. Share your thoughts that come to mind when you pray and ask Christ to bring those thoughts to you. You might need to encourage a hurting person, a family member, a wife, a spouse, a brother, a sister. I'd even have to send a note because God's calling you to love someone overseas, even to a missionary, to encourage them. The other piece in this around encouragement is let people know you're praying for them. It was wonderful when my wife and I and our four children were on the field and to hear notes of people saying, I prayed for you on this day. Come back and know that we were loved enough. Somebody took the time to pray for us. And then realize the power in presence. Presence is so important. It's when spending time to love your neighbor, to love that person that is in need with empathy, just to be present with them. Let them know you want to encourage them. Second last one is around love when someone is hated. Love when others hate. There's a tremendous amount of hate in the world today, isn't there? Again, all we have to do is look back to what's happened this last week. Tremendous hate that is before those people there in Gaza and in Israel and the confusion around all that. It's not easy and it's challenging. How do we respond as Christians? How do we respond in loving care? We live in a hateful, cynical world, don't we? But we don't need to concentrate on that. We need to concentrate on Christ and pray and ask him to help us to love. We've not done a good job here in Canada either. We're getting much better with our First Nations and realizing that there were some mistakes made. Refugees that come to this world and the way to this country and the way they're treated often, how we marginalize the poor and those that don't have enough for themselves. We're getting better. The church is doing a great job and trying, but our society today is really, in many ways, not going forward but going backwards. It's an infection in our world today that can destroy the church. That's not what Christ had planned. We are to love everyone, our enemies, everyone we meet. We had a situation as an organization in China, and I don't want to get into too many details, but we found ourselves during the pandemic being a part of something that was very, very difficult. Because that part of the world was hated. We can remind the stories of how Asians were hated here in Canada as well, simply because of the association with that virus. But because of the loving arms and minds and expressions of Christians around the world, not just in China, it made a difference, and a difference in lives of those people that were hated. The church is growing. church continues on. And we praise the Lord because they've heeded the call of loving those that are hated. 
The last one is opportunity. Love when opportunity arises. And this one is really important. I know that this church is doing an exceptional job of seizing the opportunities when opportunities arise to minister within their context, in their local area. And all you have to do is look at the list. Mustard Seed, Gull Lake, E4C, Counseling, Wycliffe, Cornerstone. It's wonderful. It's looking out beyond yourselves and saying we're going to seize the opportunities that God calls us to love our neighbor and to make a difference. But you carry it beyond that too in terms of the support and the commitment to Bolivia and the need of love and compassion in that country. For you personally in this place, I want to encourage you, seek out and continue to seek out your personal mission Your mission that God may be calling you to. It may be in this church. It may be taking up the gauntlet of doing something that's much needed here. It may mean taking on empathy for someone who needs a simple friend. It may mean supporting overseas. But God calls each of us to seize the opportunities and to move forward. There are many requests in the world. My encouragement around this to you is pray. Ask God if you don't know. He'll tell you, and he will let you know. So I have a question for you to close. Ask yourself, what is my Christianity doing for another person? What is my love, uh, impact, how is my love impacting another person? What is my impact, or my, sorry, what is my Christianity doing for the people that God has placed in my path to love? Or in my neighborhood? Or in my family? Or in my church? Or in another part of the world? See, God's work is not done. And Christ has called each and every one of us to pursue the shalom of his kingdom, to love our neighbor. Six ways, six phrases. Love like you want to be loved. Love with empathy. Love by praying. Love by encouraging others. And love when others hate. Love with words of encouragement. And then seize the opportunities that God puts in your place. May God bless you as you're reminded by these things this morning. And as you love. Amen.